Uh, it's a good thing that we are recording so soon after the last one that there's really no new news in our lives, I imagine. Um, because I did think of something <laughs> else to say about Santa Fake. Yeah, shoot. What did Emily tell everyone? You know, the people who actually knew Pat, like, as himself, were Ryan and Father Esteban, uh, Mrs. Ortega, and Emily herself. Yeah. So... They could just be telling everybody, like, yeah, hey, singing Santa did so well that he's going to go apprentice with real Santa at the North Pole. <laughs> He'll oh, be so back next year. <laughs> they're just telling the truth. Mm-hmm. Why are they telling <laughs> the FBI? What is Emily? What statement is Emily giving after Pat and Santa fly away and she's released from the time bubble? It's New Mexico. Government experiments. Ah, <laughs> uh, he got, he was sitting right beside me and then he got nabbed by a feral cabot. <laughs> There you go, there you go. It can... It's got huge! <laughs> Look at all the bones! Hmm. <laughs> That's all I got, unless you want me to talk more about the fanfic that I'm struggling to title. No, you're good. We have a quick update, which is, good news everybody, Amber Riley won Masked Singer, surprising nobody, but still delighting everybody. <laughs> yes. So, she has the range. Yeah, I mean, we knew, but yes. We knew. And now it's it's that handshaking meme of Amber Riley and Heather Morris shaking hands like Amber, Heather, winning at competitions where nobody knows your true identity. What competition did Heather win? Uh she won a masked dancer, I think, in the UK. Oh right, that's right. And that was just like two or three months ago. Because she lost <laughs> dancing with the stars. How did she lose dancing with the stars? I think it was just backlash because she was already a dancer and like part of the appeal is seeing the celebrities learn how to dance. And every, I think just that people were not fond of the fact that Heather Morris had, like, already been trained in all this stuff and was not struggling whatsoever. So, yeah, she only got, like, seventh mm-hmm. place, I think. And she huh. was eliminated the same night she got the season's first perfect score. Sus. I, I don't mind. Like, so, sorry for Heather Morris, but also you should not have agreed to be on Dancing with the Stars when you're already a dancer. Yeah, it's it's one of those things where it's like, she should have been uh, been the professional. Yeah. Like, if if you are somebody, listeners, if you're somebody who has danced for Beyonce on a world tour, I think that should take precedence over your acting credits in terms of celebrity versus professional on Dancing with the Stars. Yeah. But she won Masked Dancer, so there you go. Yeah. I, jo- JoJo gets a pass because her dance experience was like vaguely hip-hop and or jazz and also exclusively constrained to the show dance moms so it's like yeah yeah you know what they you know what they should do they Mm -hmm. should do dancing with the stars but instead of celebrities it's just normal people make it dancing with stars but the stars are the professional dancers (laughs) no that's just that's just dancing that's no that's actually just world of dance oh really yeah which unfortunately got canceled but it was uh, a good bummer. show, and like the premise was just, yeah, whatever. Like, this is not the show for amateur dancers. This is the professional dancers. Like, pretty much everyone is already coming in with at least two titles under their belts. Mm-hmm. Like, even even the kids, the kids division, most of them could be considered pros because they also have titles. And so now this is just like the Super Smash Bros of dance. One sec, I have to investigate Lady real quick. Okay, cat investigations. Da 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 da. Gonna find out if she's doing something in her litter box. Bow, bow, bow. And I should take this time to open up the spreadsheet. Okay, I'm, I'm back. Okay. <laughs> I was concerned because, of course, last year, Lady was interest, was 
interested in using the tree only as a place to have a cozy spot to sleep under. And uh, this year she is like, hey, this is a big toy. <laughs> and, <laughs> and now I am in search of sandbags or something similar to weight the base of it down. So there's no risk of her knocking it over. Gotcha. So I'm just keeping an eye on her. But if there's a big crash while we're recording... And frantic jingling. You know what it is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Anyways, I'm I'm ready. Are you ready? Are you ready to get back to Glee? Regrettably, yes. <laughs> All right. I would have rather watched Santa Fake again. Okay. Well, <laughs> too bad. One of them is paced well. <laughs> the, the other, other one is Glee. <laughs> yeah, the other one is Glee. <sighs> All right. Theme song. Just go ahead and grab a chair and listen now As we riff the show Tanner and Christine are gonna figure out Why we love this show Better grab your golden stars and slushies Cause you're listening You're listening To Loser Like Me Loser Like Me Welcome back to Loser Like Me, the show where, regrettably, we are once again speaking about Glee. I'm Tanner, and one of my nipples is higher than the other. My name is Christina, and you only get one chamois. Guard it with your life. <laughs> That's right. We're we're back. We're back on that gree that that gl- that glind the the, the <laughs> glee grind. We're we're on that gligma mindset. <laughs> Would you agree that Will Schuster is a sigma male? <laughs> Oh, we're that far down in the Greek alphabet now. Or is he a beta cuck? I would have put him in an Upsilon male. <laughs> where does where does Will Schuster fit in the ABO? Uh, that is something that I am not qualified to talk about. <laughs> okay, we'll bring, we'll bring a guest on for a Boko episode. There we go. <laughs> the totally normal, the totally normal, uh, you know, anyways. I, I would show up to that recording drunk. <laughs> Uh, I probably would too. <laughs> Today we're watching episode 10 of season 3. It's called Yes Backslash No. It was written by who? Eric Stoltz. Wait, written by? Oh no, directed by Eric Stoltz. Written by Brad Falchuk. It January 17th, 2012. That's right, we're in the new year. Christina, mm-hmm. do you think you can uh, handle being in the new year? I can handle being in the new year of 2012. I don't know if I'm ready for the new year of 2023. <laughs> It's January 2012. Disco's never gonna die and the Avengers is gonna be great. <laughs> True. Well, the Avengers was great. It was decent. Yeah. Yeah. So in, ca- in case you've missed what happened on Glee since last <laughs> time we spoke about Glee. I abbreviated my notes as S-H-W-Y-M-O-G. Schwimog. <laughs> <laughs> no, so here's what you missed on Glee. All right. Schwimog. Yeah. The Sam is back in town. Yeah. Down, down, down. Sam's <laughs> Sam back Sam is back in town. Sam's back in town. Also, there were two separate love triangles between Will and Terry's failing marriage and also Emma and also Coach Beast and Cooter Mangans and Sue. Yeah, uh, to be fair, Terry is not back in the picture. They're just pointing out that no. like, Will has post-Terry stress disorder. Yes. Allegedly. Mm-hmm. 
I mean, there's certainly a lot of baggage there that we haven't seen him go to a therapist about, so... Yeah, yeah well... <laughs> That's why he's marrying one! <laughs> I'm not gonna say that Will needs a therapist more than Emma, but also, it's close. Mm-hmm. A man will literally, um, walk on water instead of going to therapy. <laughs> <laughs> but we're getting ahead of ourselves. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, we start this episode with the Glee girls assembling at the outside cafeteria... And Kurt. And, yes, the girls and Kurt. And Tina! Tina! <laughs> takes the lead. Uh, and she asks Mercedes, like, Hey, so what actually did happen with Sam over summer break summer break 2011? When we get immediately the first musical number of the episode. And it is Summer Nights in January. Yeah, because- <laughs> but it's a warm January. They got one of them Ohio Chinooks. Mm-hmm. But, like, so we get the, it's literally framed the same, it's choreographed the same, it's filmed at the same place as Greece. <laughs> well, it, I don't, I don't mind. It wasn't it filmed at the same school? I don't think so. It was. Oh, yeah. it was? Yeah. Good for them. That's wild. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It definitely was wild. But it's so, it's fun, because, like, the girls are fun. There's the parts where, like, it's like Kurt gets Rizzo's lines and Santana gets Rizzo's part of like kicking Rachel and consequently Mercedes by accident yeah. off the lunch bench. <laughs> and as the boys are dancing around, Sam's got a very nice leather jacket. I have a note here that Puck kisses Sam's hand. <laughs> <laughs> my So my notes for this are that I, I don't really care how Butch Blaine is. He still doesn't really fit in with the guys. Mm-hmm. Also, Damien categorically cannot dance. I didn't even think about the fact that Damien never danced in Santa Fe until we saw him trying to dance here. <laughs> True. They also, so the thing that bugs me, they didn't do this, like, they recorded the entire song. But for the TV version, they, oh, like, they cut out two of the middle verses, which really mm-hmm. messes with the song because this whole song is about the buildup between the two parties. Yeah, yeah, it's about the disparity between... In this case, Mercedes being like, yeah, we had a very nice, perfectly chased summer fling. And the Danny analog, in this case, Sam being like, yeah, we had a great summer. But we fucked like rabbits. (laughs) No, no, actually, when when Sam sings the line, she was good. You know what I mean? He's looking at Blaine, who categorically does not know what you mean, Sam, actually. (laughs) Good point. Good point. But yeah, the song is good, and then it, it ends the it's same good. way with, like, Sam on the top of the risers, and Mercedes's ghost head superimposed mm-hmm. huge in the background. I've had written out just like that in my notes. <laughs> <laughs> and then I have an all lowercase, where's Shane, LOL. <laughs> <laughs> He's, like, looking from a distance. He's behind the fourth wall, and he's looking. He's just going, mm-mm, that white boy's trouble. <laughs> uh, we now cut to Dame Helen Mirren. Yeah, I didn't remember this happening, but I was so thrilled. <laughs> because we don't cut to Dame Helen Mirren. We cut to Becky Jackson getting her first internal monologue of the series as she walks down the hallways. And it's voiced by Dame Helen Mirren because Becky can decide how her own inner voice sounds. This delights me. Yes. <laughs> Becky deserves no less. <laughs> <laughs> Becky's internal monologue is old Deuteronomy from Cats 2019. <laughs> no, that was Judy Dench. Ah, uh, my apologies. 
My apologies to both parties. I I, I want a Glee reunion, but it is just the, the, them watching Cats 2019 and Becky's reaction. <laughs> Jane Duty Gench looks at Becky and says, A cat is not a dog. And Becky's internal model are like, No shit, Sherlock. <laughs> but yeah. So Becky's internal monologue is about how she is cruising the hallways of McKinley High School looking for a new boyfriend. She passes over Rory because he smiles too much, Puck because his mohawk looks like he glued a squirrel to his head, which is kind of <laughs> true, and she also passes over Mike for dumb reasons. Uh, no, we have to we have to hold him accountable. She sees him and she says, "No Chang Du, I'm no rice queen." That's a crime against both Becky and Helen Mirren. It is, and also Mike, for that matter. Yes, yeah. This is supposed to be the year of Mike. It's supposed to be the year of Mike! <laughs> so I was like, well, this is convenient. We're three minutes in and I already have my slushy moment. I was so wrong. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so, so, then she goes up to Artie. She sees him, and she's like, yeah, he looks like a babe. I'm gonna seduce him. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And Becky goes to declare her intentions to Sue, and Sue's like, I, th I think you can probably do better than, than Four Eyes McGee over there. <laughs> but up up to you, chase your bliss, Becky. I support you no matter what. <laughs> oh yeah, she also, she asks what happened to the guy she went to prom with last year, and she says they broke up because he likes hot dogs and Becky likes pizza. People have broken up for less. Yeah, honestly valid. Mm -hmm. And then we cut, and we're, so we're about five minutes into the episode. We're now immediately cut to the next subplot. Three out mm -hmm. of four subplots. <laughs> Emma is at lunch with Beast, because Beast's got uh, two chickens, and Beast's like, why aren't you sitting to celebrate. with Will? And Emma says, I don't want to sit with him, he tanked his fantasy football league. <laughs> so he's in a mood. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And he's having boy talk. <laughs> yeah, and then Beast is excited because he and Cooter eloped on Christmas Eve. They went to the 24-hour chapel. Mm-hmm. And just out of curiosity, I googled it last night, and there are no 24-hour wedding chapels within my immediate metropolitan area. Maybe they're out of style, who knows? 24-hour old chapel. 24-hour chapel in the air. <laughs> I'm gonna specify wedding chapel, because all of these chapels are, like, in the hospital. Oh, nope. I think I have to change my answer to apparently... Apparently there's an entire business entitled Weddings 2, the number 2, go. <laughs> weddings 2, Weddings Furious. <laughs> yep, designed to exchange your vows at any metro location. So the the closest thing I could find was just this link, that's the, this link that said unique wedding venues in my city, and it's just a Sandman hotel. <laughs> that's the most unique place you can get married hmm. here. Anyways... Sue overhears this, and she's like, well, damn, good job, you bested me, beast. Now I'll have to go to plan B and call Boreanaz. <laughs> Which delights me. And Emma is reclaimed because, even though she's happy for beast, now she feels that Will just straight up does not want to marry her. And the other two are like, come on, just ask him yourself. It's, it's the 2012. Yeah, and this then leads immediately into Wedding Bell Blues, performed by Emma, with Sue and Beast on backup. And 
Jane Lynch and Dot Marie Jones look like they're having a blast. <laughs> yeah, especially because they get to wear some not great bridesmaids dresses, and the fascinators from the the then recent royal wedding, specifically Beast is wearing Princess Be- No, no, Sue is wearing Princess Beatrice's fascinator. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The one that looks like a toilet seat. <laughs> I saw one describe it as a happy octopus. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, they kind of accompany Emma as she sings about Will and various locations, like at their apartment when they're both getting ready in the morning, and around the school, and in the hallways of William McKinley High School. And here's the thing. The song isn't bad. Emma sounds very (laughs) auto-tuned. Or at least she sounded that way to me. Yeah, you know, I agree. Something did sound a little off with the audio. Yeah. But then we, we finished the number, and Emma's mm-hmm. staring at Will, and Will's like, Emma, did you just ask me to marry you? Because, mm-hmm. oops, Out loud. this wasn't an imagined spot after all. <laughs> God, imagine if it was just her standing there in front of Will singing the entire song to him. And just so deep in the psychic dreamscape that... She didn't realize that she was doing it IRL. <laughs> it, that that was the impression that I got. Delightful. Also, this is Emma's last solo in Glee. Rip. Wow. The school sting. <sighs> yeah. It's pity. Jayma Mace is a good singer. We immediately then cut to Will telling the Glee kids that he has a project for them. And he writes on the whiteboard and turns around and we all see... We see he wrote, marry me, but the kids yell, marry me, question mark. Yep. <laughs> He's like, I want to propose to Miss Pillsbury. And Quinn says, we totally don't think you'll screw it up this time. Yep. <laughs> Do you think they were taking bets on how it was going to go? Absolutely. And so he says, I need you to help me come up with the perfect song to propose to Emma with. Meanwhile, he's going to go get her parents' blessing. You know, her racist parents, the gender yeah. supremacists? Yeah, yeah. Are they eugenists? I mean, yes. <laughs> I, I know it doesn't always come part and parcel with being racist, but the ginger supremacist part does imply a preference for eugenics. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, not great, fam. <laughs> I think I'm not off base saying that if a white supremacist isn't also into eugenics, it's because they haven't found out what eugenics is yet. Mmm. Yeah. Anyways. Yeah. Anyway, as they're dismissed from the five-minute Glee Club meeting, Sam follows Mercedes after, uh, as they go out into the hallway, and he's just like, hey, wasn't summer fun? Have you considered that I am Sam Evans? And <laughs> she says, look, summer was fun. And he's like, the tilt world was fun, wasn't it? And she's like, yeah, that was pretty great. But I'm with Shane now, Sam, so we can't be together. And he's like, is it because I'm white? Is it because I'm not a jock? I, 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 my note says, no, that's not until season five. Oh, no. But Sam's takeaway from this is that he should rejoin an athletic team so that he can get a cool Letterman jacket and be cool like Shane is. Yes. But before that, we get a moment of Artie asking Sugar if she wants to work on the assignment together. And Sugar says... It's not because you're disabled, it's because I'm abled, and I'm worried people will be mean, and they'll think your legs look thinner than my arms. And, hey, what the fuck? Yeah. I thought you were making sugar better, writing staff. Yeah, I th- I completely forgot about this. I thought she was, like, just wacky now. Not, like, bad. Yeah. Why this? Yeah. Why must you do this to Vanessa? 
why must you do this to Vanessa Lenges, who is a perfectly good human being and can be quite funny? No, no one is safe. No one is safe. Anyway, as Artie is sitting there sad that Sugar didn't want to collaborate, Becky runs up and asks Artie out. Good for her. Good for her for taking the initiative. Yeah. I mean, he initially doesn't realize that's what's happening. She's like, we're mm-hmm. going to go out. He says, out where? On a date. And then she caresses his hair. Mm-hmm. And he's like, ah, ha, ha. Okay. Ha, <laughs> <laughs> ha. And then because it's Glee, we have to switch back to the Sam plot. Not that I'm complaining about switching back to the same plot, of course. Yeah, our our explanation of this episode does not do injustice enough to the pacing. Mm-hmm. Which is just like, when you try and drive stick for the first time, essentially. <laughs> yeah. And I, I was telling, I forget if I put this in our group chat or just the chat with you, but it's just like, it, it's wild that Glee was trying to fit the events and pacing of an hour and a half movie into 40 minutes of television. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Anyway, gear shift over to Sam, who goes up to Coach Beast and says, Sir, may I please be on the basketball team? And Beast is like, no, you, this team and every other team in school have been practicing for months. Like, where were you during tryouts? <laughs> Living in a hotel in Kentucky. <laughs> okay, well, fine. Anyways. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And everyone's already done their tryouts, except for one team. And I just have it written here in my notes. Sparkle emoji, swimming emojis, water aerobics. (laughs) It's just, Nene Leaks is here. (laughs) Yes. I don't know, but I need to say, I don't know anything about the Real Housewives franchise. I have no context. When she showed up to be Ryan Murphy's favorite person for the next, like, three years, I was just like, okay, this is just a cool lady. Mm Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Because Sam does his audition, he gets to do a lift and everything, he does pretty well. The other swimmers tell him, like, oh, you, you get to pick a nickname to go on the back of your varsity, of your varsity terry cloth robe that we wear during meets, and Sam immediately goes, Trouty Mouth. Yeah, well, fine then. Yeah. <laughs> At this point, he's reclaiming it, I think. <laughs> but yeah, uh, Needy Lynx plays Coach Roz Washington, who overcame the, is- the institutional bias against black swimmers to win in the Beijing Olympics. <laughs> Great! <laughs> Where's her TV show?! <laughs> So, okay, so first off, yes, that, which is great. But you're you're leaving out the important parts, which is, it was an individual synchronized swimming. Oh, yeah! And also, is... <laughs> I need to find her entire monologue. Yeah. <laughs> also, the phrase individualized synchronized swimming is how you know that Brad Falchuk has never watched the Olympics. <laughs> no, I'm pretty sure that's an obvious joke. Oh, okay. Well. Anyways. I'm Coach Ro- Sam Evans, I'm Coach Roz Washington, and you are one strange-looking kid. I've never seen lips like that on a white child, and one of your nipples is higher than the other. I bet you've had to overcome a lot with those crooked nipples. Well, I know a thing or two about overcoming. When I was growing up, they said black folks couldn't swim, but I had a dream! <laughs> that one day I would get to the promised land. So I swam out there, and I got my 40 acres and a pool. That's Coach why Roz I won this bronze damn Olympic medal in Beijing, China for individual synchronized swimming. I bet you didn't even know there was such a thing as individual synchronized swimming. Nod to me if I'm getting through to you. Nod to me. Sam nods. I'm going to say one thing to you, Sam Evans, and I'm only going to say it once. If you pee in my pool, I will kill you. Fair. This is her only <laughs> scene in the episode, and America loved her immediately. Of course. <laughs> She's like Sue Sylvester, but she has a heart, and she's not unnecessarily mean. It's a sleigh, and it's giving. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But yeah, uh, fun fact, the synchronized swimmer who was talking was 
I didn't write down the actor's name, but he was John Darling on the New Adventures of Peter and Wendy series back in 2014. Okay. Yeah. I was like, I recognize this guy. Where from? And it's because he was from one of those live action, modern day adaptations of a classic novel. Good for him. Okay. Anyway, uh, the hockey team is telepathic. (laughs) I guess so. (laughs) Yeah. So Sam emerges all like wet and shit. From the pool. What, okay, hey, why this school so poor but they got a pool? <laughs> <laughs> because athletics only, no arts. <laughs> okay, that's fair. Uh, Sam uh, emerges and he goes to talk to Finn. And he's like, oh, I'm on the synchronized swimming team. And Finn's like, you're on the synchronized swimming team and in Glee Club? That's a bad idea. And Sam's like, nah, chicks love swimming. And Finn goes, not if it's synchronized. And then he leaves. And then Sam goes up to Mercedes, and he's like, hey, Mercedes, I got a Letterman jacket from the swim team. And then he immediately gets slushy by the hockey players. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And they're like, oh, synchronized swimming is gay. <laughs> and Sam is just standing there, and he's like, God, I hate this school. And trying to clean himself off, and Mercedes is helping him out. Because, one, because she's nice, but two, because she still has feelings. And... As she's helping to clean the slushy off of Sam's face. This is seen by Shane, who says, Hey, Mercedes, what are you doing? And she says, I'm just helping out a friend. And Shane says something like, I think he'll live. Come on, let me walk you to study hall. And so she goes with him to walk to study hall after brushing a last bit of ice off of Sam's shirt. But she gives him a lingering look before they turn the corner. Exactly. (sighs) Ah. But now we're going to get to just a, a, the next musical number, which, mm-hmm. not, not to beat a dead meme, but this song is absurd. <laughs> it is. <laughs> so Artie declares, Mr. Shoe, the girls are going to near you by making you sing about your feelings. Artie, get off of Reddit, please. <laughs> Artie, you little fucking freak. Yeah. Um, and not, not affectionate. <laughs> I mean, disrespectful yeah. freak. <laughs> Yeah. He says that you need to ask uh, Miss Pillsbury to marry you with your hips. Mike's like, yeah, man, you've got Jagger hips. And then he does some swiveling. Mm-hmm. And this, of course, then leads into the mashup of Moves Like Jagger with Jumpin' Jack Flash. It's fine. It does feature a lot of Mike and Will just kind of flailing as they attempt to embody Mick Jagger. Mm-hmm. There's also Finn, Puck, and Blaine doing backup dancing and singing, but if you look closely, you'll see that they hardly ever show Finn except in a wide shot, because under no circumstances can we let you see how bad Corey was at trying to dance like Mick Jagger. <laughs> yeah. And there's also a lot of slow-mo of Matthew Morrison doing artistic jumps and spins. It's like, okay, we get it. He was on Broadway. (laughs) (laughs) And as they finish the musical number, Becky comes in and she stands there watching them and stuff. And after they get done performing, Will is like, I don't know, guys. Getting all sweaty like this would cause Emma to have a panic attack or something. I mean, that's fair. Yeah. (laughs) And then Becky, Becky tries to come up to talk to Artie and everyone else scrams real quick. (laughs) (laughs) They're like, oh, we don't want to interrupt anything, so we're gonna go. (laughs) And Artie and Becky talk a little bit, and he says that the date was supposed to just be her watching him perform moves like Jagger and be sexy and stuff. And she's like, no, part two of the date is dinner at Breadsticks. Anyway, (laughs) kerchunk. 
yeah, so we yeah we go away from that plot to back to the proposal plot, and now now we're working on introduce yet another subplot to this episode. Yeah. So Finn and Will are looking at engagement rings. Uh, In Finn the diamond can't... basement. Yeah. <laughs> Finn and Finn can't remember if Rachel said that a guy should spend two months' salary or two weeks' salary on a ring. Mm-hmm. Which I, I I don't I want to say that sounds like a good way to gauge things, but also I don't know anything about diamonds or the economy or spending money or getting mm-hmm. engaged. Same <laughs> on all accounts. Actually, no. Here's what I do know: just get cubic zirconium. It's mm-hmm. guaranteed or to not be like conflict <laughs> gems, and yeah, it looks mm-hmm. just as nice. Yeah, yeah. There are options besides buying a diamond. <laughs> Remember, diamonds are only rare because people's jewelers told you they were. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Fight the power. Or, if you got, like, a family heirloom, you could propose with a family heirloom or something. That's what one of my friends did. That also works. Yeah. Plus, you got sentimental importance, and also, uh, you don't have to spend money <laughs> on a ring. Anyway, they're shopping, and Will asks Finn to be his best man. This is a child. Yeah. Like, look, we all know that Will sees Finn as his adoptive son, but he is—he is—he is barely eighteen. He cannot yeah. legally drink yet. Yeah. This was apparently quite a common topic among reviewers at the time, which is, Will, you need adult friends. <laughs> yeah, he really does. Well, maybe he can go talk to Henri. God. You know, I could I could see him having Bert as his best man over Finn. Yeah. Make, yeah, make Finn on, a yeah. groomsman or something. Get Bert or or get your own father. Yeah. Yes. And not a student who admittedly was played by an actor who was older than his character. It wouldn't have been as weird if it was Matthew Morrison asking Corey to be his best man, but it's weird having Finn ask Will to be his best man. Yeah. Yeah. But at least Finn's happy about it. Yeah, Finn's happy. Uh, he gives him a big hug. He's like, thanks, Dad. I mean, Will. Um, he doesn't say that, but he's thinking it. Um, mm-hmm. But then he also says, oh, by the way, I was thinking about my future. I met with an army recruiter to be like my dad. And Will's like, hey, hey what the fuck? Yeah. Yeah. It makes Will sad and it also makes me sad. <laughs> yeah. Mm, well, we're going to get sadder. Yeah. I'll talk about my point here when we get to the next part of this subplot. <laughs> yeah. So... We now go over to Will being interviewed by the girls. They need mm-hmm. to get a history of his relationship with Emma. It's like, look, y'all have been party to this whole relationship. Yeah. Probably. He does say that this is not the first time he's proposed, and so he doesn't need tips on that. And they're like, well, okay, well, first of all, you just ask them for tips. Like, there's that's the co- the assignment. That's the project. Mm-hmm. You said, give me tips. He asked for music recommendations. <laughs> and they're like, no, we're going to explain this whole thing to you. We're going to sit you down. We're going to draw a diagram. Uh, <laughs> Santana points out that, like, like he, when he says he's proposed before, she's like, oh, what was that like? You got on the d- Jumbotron and said, hey, Terry, want to make a fake baby? <laughs> so their interview consists of one question, which is just, do you remember the first time you met her? Mm-hmm. The answer is yes, he does. <laughs> Cut to the girls singing the first time ever I saw your face. And it's great, except when Rachel's singing. Yeah. <laughs> Not to be a little shit, but honestly, everyone else sings this song so much better. Yeah. And you know, I can I can give her some leeway, wink, uh, because she's almost definitely singing about Corey as the human being too. But mm-hmm. also just like, for whatever reason, sonically, 
She's just sounding weird in comparison to Tina Mercedes and Santana. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, the reason why I... En- part of the reason why I enjoyed this as much as I did is because Leah's presence could not override the talent that is Jenna Ushkowitz and Naya Rivera and Amber Riley. <laughs> this is true. Three is more powerful than one. <laughs> but it's also like... They're as they're singing, their characters are thinking about the first times or significant times in their relationships. So like Rachel's is seeing Finn in the hallway for maybe the first time freshman year or whatever. Tina's is having a romantic picnic with Mike. Santana's is having cute eye contact with Brittany after Cheerio practice. <laughs> Explicitly sapphic eye contact. <laughs> Explicitly sapphic eye contact. And I was like waiting, doing like a drum roll, like, okay, who is it gonna be? And then Mercedes thinks about Sam at football practice when everyone was watching and supporting Finn and Puck and also Sam. And then in Rachel's memory, Finn turns around and he looks at Rachel back in the memory. And that's cute because that's that that's them being cute. And yeah. the halcyon years of 2009. <laughs> but also, this song is great. <laughs> and when they get done, Mercedes has to go cry in the bathroom. And she is then supported by Tina and then Santana and finally Rachel. Uh, <laughs> because she's like, when I was singing the song, I wasn't thinking. Like, it was so emotional and heartfelt. And I wasn't thinking about... Shane, I was thinking about Sam! Oh no! OTP! I support two, parentheses, two. Two relationship in the show that are between a man and a woman, and it's Carol and Bert and Sam and Mercedes. Yep. Uh, Anyways, now it's time for- Fucking just, gear change. <laughs> now it's time for just the fucking worst. And not even the worst, just the worst. Just, just objectively bad. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we cut to the Pillsbury parents mm-hmm. in Will's apartment. And <laughs> okay, well, actually, this part was kind of funny because mom says, It's January. Why is their Christmas tree still up? And then the dad says, Just be happy, Comrade Obama still allows Christmas. <sighs> Which I, I, I mean, yeah, but also I found it funny because they're like that. They're, they're just, they've always been like that. <laughs> Look, just because they're a caricature of a portion of the American populace doesn't mean I have to think that that portion of the American populace is funny. <laughs> it's a, This is definitely a laughing at the moment, so I'm good with it. Um, This is the yeah. only funny part of this scene. <laughs> I have, actually, I have another funny part of the scene, but it's because of something that I wrote in my notes. Okay, you you can steer this one. My my notes for the extent of the scene are are... Emma's parents neg Will about being in a relationship with someone who's COD instead of OCD because my autocorrect got it. (laughs) (laughs) Not the fish wife. (laughs) Also, because they just they just say a bunch of horrendous shit to make Will doubt his relationship with Emma. And my note here was just kick them out. You're not marrying Emma's parents, Will. You're marrying her. Because like, look. Like, asking for a parent's permission is something that that is important to be people depending on, like, on a case-by-case basis. I don't think you should have to ask for the parent's permission. If it's something that's important to you, you should do that. In this case, Emma's parents have major character failings, and so their opinion should not be necessary in any, in any reasonable situation. <laughs> yeah, it's like... 
I don't, th- I'm pretty sure at this point most people don't ask for permission, but they like getting their blessing. And yes. But usually yeah. that's in a situation where the parents like the person asking. And for that matter, the parents like their child. And we've established that these parents do not like either of those things. No. They do not. And so, like, Will's first failing was the fact that he decided to get their blessing. His second failing was in this scene. They do all this stuff, like... Listening to him. Yeah. They do all this stuff. They're talking about how, oh, she'll, she's going to panic if she has kids or, like, even, like, if anything happens and you're not going to be able to handle it, so why should you bother? And Will does not clap back at all. Instead, he gets this thoughtful look like he's considering it. Uh... I'm going to throw him into the sea. Do it. I'm going to drag him into the desert and make him forget how to eat. Oh, God, Tanner. Anyways. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, after the bullshit Will scene, they're all bullshit scenes with Will is in them, but this one specifically. After the this bullshit Will scene, we are in the choir room, and uh, the New Directions have assembled yeah. to give Artie a Becky Vention, because they're like, you're a spot having dinner together at Breadsticks, and we think something suspicious is going on. That's... <laughs> I was really hoping that the scene was going to be like, look, we don't want you to lead her on. But that's not what the scene is I about. I mean, that was almost what it was. Like, that that's what the writers think the scene was. Yeah. But it mostly comes off, like, the same way that Artie says. Which is, y'all just think that I can't date Becky because she has downs and you think it's weird that she's dating people. Yep. <sighs> like, the, the only other person in this room who has a case is Santana because... The, re- the reason she gives for Artie shouldn't date Becky is she's a stone-cold bitch and I don't trust her. <laughs> and that's fair. Yeah, that's fair, because Santana and Brittany and, I-, I guess, Quinn to a certain extent, maybe, know Becky from the Cheerios, where she is absolutely Team Sue Sylvester, so. Yeah, like, it didn't happen on screen, but I definitely feel there is a point where Becky and Santana got into a fight, and much like Lauren no, they did. Santana- they... Uh, no, like, I'm think this is something that, this oh. is my headcanon for an off-screen moment. An actual fight, yeah. Yeah, like, I I feel like Becky and Santana threw down, or at least Santana tried to throw down, but Becky completely ruckused her the same way Lauren did. Absolutely. I bet Becky could, like, I don't know, try to suplex Santana or something. That would be funny. <laughs> no, Becky's the kind of person who goes for the knees. Absolutely. She's gonna kick your shins out from under you. Good for her. It was probably over something silly, like stealing Santana's hair tie. Mm-hmm. Although now I'm just picturing Mortal Kombat, but it's Glee. And and Lauren and Becky and Santana as fighters that you can pick. (laughs) Also, specifically, we do get to see scenes from the dinner where Arya is like trying to get to know Becky because they haven't interacted at all before. And Mm -hmm. so we find out that Becky's favorite movie is Schindler's List. A close second is Toy Story 3. Uh, When she grows up, she wants to be 5'10". I love that. (laughs) And she has such great dance, dance moves that her mom says she has get down syndrome. I love that too. I love Becky's mom. But yeah, and they have, my note here was they had a fun little date that seemed more platonic for him than for her. Yeah, which which is the other thing, but we'll, we'll circle back to that. The important thing is that Artie calls New Directions out on their bullshit, and we never circle back to their reactions to anything, so they just, I guess the, the closure to this part is they just sit there in their wrongness and are wrong. Yeah, and they're like, maybe we should stop trying to interfere in our friends' relationships. Yeah. So then we're gonna go with different intervention. Yeah, so Finn and his two sets of parents are in one of the classrooms at McKinley, and I, by that I mean Will and Emma and Bert and Carol. <laughs> <laughs> and basically the intervention is because 
they don't want him to join the army for the wrong reasons. Because it... The whole scene starts because Bert is like, we heard you want to join the army, and Will is, and Finn is like, I told Will that in confidence. And basically, they're just like, like, look, it's your decision, but we want you to do it because it's something that you want to do, not because you're trying to honor your dad. And it it comes out that Finn's dad, his bio dad, did his tour in Afghanistan, I think. And I don't know if it, it wasn't clear whether this happened before, during, or after his tour of duty, but he had probably some traumatic experiences, was dishonorably discharged from the military. Uh, when he got back to the to the States, he spiraled pretty hard and died of a drug overdose in Cincinnati after having really grown physically and emotionally distant from Carol and baby baby Finn. Yeah, like Carol says that he tried to turn himself around for Finn's sake, but he just kept slipping. Yeah. And Finn has a little freak out because why did you lie to me? You're my mother. And she's like, hey, your dad was so much more than the last few months of his life. Mm-hmm. And I was going to tell you when you were ready. And he's like, yeah. well, I'm not ready. And he books it. And this whole scene is just r- real hard to watch now. Yeah. Yeah. First of all, because just like the constant ever-growing widespread awareness of the fact that the military does not treat its veterans properly whatsoever and has yeah, just gotten worse over time. Yeah. It's been a topic of discussion for a while that for a lot of people who are lower income that the military is sometimes their best or only chance of trying to improve their lives whether that be financially or if they're trying to get out of a harmful situation or an abusive situation but like i like two of my best friends are veterans and like they would be the first to tell you that yeah the u.s military is not great to veterans from any branch whether that's army navy mil army navy air force marines coast guard space force although space force is so new they might not have veterans yet (laughs) but yeah i don't even think space force is real no it's real (laughs) no like i know it's real but like do they it's real but it's not real do they do anything have they gone into space i think they do have personnel but i don't think they've done any space missions yet (laughs) but yeah it's just it's one of those things where it's like and also because Finn has put his dad up on a pedestal for literally his entire life. And, like, Carol even says that, like, like Finn, I see the best of your father in you. And, like, you do not have to do the, like, basically, like, you are honoring your father by simply being yourself. Like, you don't have to go into the army to appease the father that you never knew. Because he would have approved of whatever you were doing regardless. And yeah, it fucking hurts. <laughs> yeah. All right. So yeah, we then pivot to the next scene has uh, Becky sending. It's real quick. Becky sends a nude to Artie and then declares that they're going to have sex on Friday. And Artie's like, Oh no, I am in over my head. Mm-hmm. So he goes to Sue for help. <laughs> and Sue is like, yeah, you kind of did actually lead Becky on, so you need to break up with her like she's a normal person because she's a normal person and so are you. Mm-hmm. And he, I think he said something about any other advice, and she says, uh, you should stop wearing those driving gloves and stop buttoning your shirt up all the way because you look like a grandma. 
Which made Kevin laugh a little bit, so I'm assuming that was also a dig at the costuming department. <laughs> yeah. Man, our boy Artie never gets to wear, like, a t-shirt and jeans. Mm-hmm. He truly looks like he stepped out of a 70s commercial. A very yeah. special episode of a 70s sitcom. Yeah. Yeah. Time for another scene that hurts, but for different reasons. <laughs> oh, yeah. Alright. Okay. Okay, so... Uh... Yeah. Emma is working on taking down the tree, uh, which she started New Year's Day, but she has to be very careful because she's cleaning everything as she puts it away and, like, during the stuff. And, like, Will makes a comment about this, and so Emma has Will sit down. Not there. And she talks to him <laughs> No, Will, we about... gotta have sight lines. <laughs> <laughs> Follow the camera, Will. Okay, but also, Liz, I, I can relate to the I can relate a lot to Emma in this because, first off, I don't trust anyone who's coming out of this pandemic, this ongoing pandemic, with without a little bit of agoraphobia and germophobia. So it's mm-hmm. like, when I have people come in, if I haven't prepared, if I haven't prepared everything exactly, or I haven't had the spoons to like, go through this, like, I have to build the logical connection to say, okay, if if this happens, this happens. If, if everyone is testing native for COVID, it means that the things that they interact with on a daily basis are not dirty enough that they are like uh, tra- tracking in other st- traces of diseases and with them. Therefore, if they are coming in, they're not going to track anything into my home. Therefore, I don't have to worry about cleaning everything after they leave. But somehow I clean everything anyways, because I just get that in my head. Mm-hmm. And so I can relate a lot to Emma in this, where she's like, don't sit on that chair. Because that's the chair that I, I, don't, I don't want to have to clean again. Sit in this chair that I will clean in the future because you can't make it more dirtier. Mm-hmm. Do not touch that light switch. Do not lean on the counter there. Wash your hands because I didn't see you do that when you came in. Touch the, touch the garbage can from the lid, handle, and not from the sides. Mm-hmm. Anyways, Emma straight up asks him if he wants to marry her. And he says yes. And she knows there's a but because he's a bastard. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like... Well, I love you, but what if we get married, and what happens when we have a house and a baby? How are you going to handle spit-up on your special Wednesday sweater? You can't control another person. What if it's too much? Yeah. But she's trying. She's trying, motherfucker. She's working on her meds. She's trying so much harder than he is. <laughs> she really is. She's cause she's taking her meds, and some days are good, and some days aren't. You know, just like any mental illness. And Will's like, I don't know if we can handle the disease. And it's like, the the unsaid thing is, hey, Will, did you know that having someone who believes in her has been helping her and you acting like you no longer believe in her is causing her to flare up again, probably? Mm-hmm. You fuck? Yeah. Yeah. Emma has some bits here about how, like, like, look, Will, I love you. I love you so much. I am incomplete and I can't promise that I'm ever going to be perfect. Like, I can't promise that things are going to get, like better but i'm gonna keep trying but she ends with saying like look if like if you're not willing to love me for who i am like work in progress and all then you have to be honest with me and with yourself and the sooner the better this is the part where i want to reach into the screen well no because that's a bit too close and we don't know each other but i'm gonna contact her psychically i'm gonna say emma you're not incomplete and while it's great that you endeavor to get better getting better doesn't mean no longer being dermophobic it means figuring out the uh like the the checkpoints and the skills in order to manage it and keep yourself healthy both like Mm -hmm. mentally and physically yeah will doesn't deserve emma (laughs) emma needs to go find that fireman that she gave her number two back in season one anyways uh, anyway 
Time for angsty breadsticks. <laughs> On to the funny misery. Uh, Finn and Rachel and Kurt are at breadsticks together. They're eating cheesecake. Kurt is like, I'm going to order another one so we can eat our feelings, which is relatable. Yeah. Um, maybe not the cheese. Mind you, it's been a long time since I've tried a cheesecake. I should try it again. Cheesecake, good. See, you say that. I'm sure you're not wrong, but I'm also really picky, especially with desserts. <laughs> fair, fair. If you're willing to take a chance on cheesecake, I think you might be... I am hoping that you might have a good experience. <laughs> okay, if I ch- if I change my mind, it's the first in line. Anyways. Excellent. Yeah. And you'll still be free. <laughs> Finn is like, I don't know if I should join the military now. And Kurt and Rachel are like, yes, also, we don't know what to do about Nyada. Specifically, Rachel says that she has been trolling the Nyada message board. So, first off, man, I miss when message boards were more common. Second Same. off, um, Ryan Murphy does not know what trolling means. He thinks trolling is just being on the internet. Did she say, did she say trolling or she trolling? She does say trolling. Hmm. Maybe he meant trolling. Maybe he did mean trolling. Maybe it's just a typo. Or maybe it's because Leah Michelle can't read. <laughs> I have two notes for the scene and it's that as they're having dinner, you hear, you know, that one Italian song, Funiculi Funicula in the background. And that delighted me. But what didn't delight me is the fact that when Kurt's like, I'm going to order another cheesecake, he snaps his fingers at the waitstaff and you don't do that, Kurt. He's in distress. Distress does not, it does not excuse being impolite to service workers. He wasn't snapping to get attention. He just needed some flair. No forgiveness. <laughs> there will be no absolution like, for this crime. <laughs> I do like what Kurt says, though, because he's, as the future used to be such an abstract idea, the dream was enough, you know? Now the future has the nerve to show up and expects us to do something and it isn't interested in giving a lending hand. And man, I've been feeling that for the past 15 years. Damn, I feel that. <laughs> Ever since my dad told me I needed to start thinking about what my major would be in sixth grade. Damn, they started you early, huh? <laughs> Well, my dad did, and I even thought, like, hey, this is weird. I'm barely, I'm just going into middle school. Can I just play Pokemon? (laughs) That's me still. (laughs) Me having to wake up and go to work and take my cat to the vet. Like, can I just play Pokemon? Um, But yeah, so they, as they're sitting there being angsty at breadsticks, we hear a techno beat in the background and we sag into Without You. By David Getter, performed by Rachel. My n- my first note here is, good God, she chews her without use so fucking much. I hated the song. It wasn't right for Leah's voice. <laughs> no, my I. You know what? I think I think that it, with the Finn and Rachel scene at the end, Corey should have sang this song. It would have sounded better. Yes. Anyways, fortunately, Santana's there to call out Rachel in the episode. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Because, like, it ends with Rachel and Finn sucking face, and Santana's like, wow, you really nailed the assignment, if the assignment was making everything about you. Mm-hmm. True. And then Will's sitting there like, guys, you've given me a lot of songs to think about, but I think I need to think about my decision even more. And kill him. Yeah. Take him out. We then cut to Will observing Emma being being anxious and scrubbing the staff coffee pot in the lunchroom. Wow, she had a massive flare-up. I wonder whose fault that is. William. Anyway, you know what'll make it all better? Sam motherfucking Evans, who goes up to Will in the hallway after he was gloomily staring at Emma, and Sam says, Hey, Mr. Shu, I have an idea about how to help you propose to Emma. 
because there is one person in the show who has good ideas, and it is <laughs> Sam Evans. Yep. God, what would they have done if Sam hadn't come back to Ohio with them? Um, I don't know. They would have lost at sectionals. Yes. <laughs> Will wouldn't be proposing to Emma. Yes. Or, I don't know, maybe, oh no, this, this this is mean, but what if all the Sam plots are things that Rory could have had? Oh god, maybe. So, after Sam says, I have an idea, we then cut to Emma in her office putting out little pamphlets that say things like, oh, so you're gonna be a spinster forever. And as she, as she's finishing stocking the pamphlets, she turns around and... Will is there after having knocked on her door and he says, hey, you got a minute? And extends his hand and she takes his hand and they walk down the hallways of the school and there's two random students there and the two students hold, like, hand Emma a white rose and Coach Beast is there and he hands Emma a rose and Will has, like, a yeah, bro, head nod with Coach Beast. (laughs) And then Sue Sylvester is there also holding a rose. Which is bizarre to Emma. And as they approach their destination, we hear a techno pop dance beat. And surprise, (laughs) it's the swimming pool where there is a synchronized swim routine with Rachel and Santana on vocal lead set to We Found Love by Rihanna. (laughs) And it (laughs) like it starts with Will putting like sitting Emma in like the lifeguard chair at like or maybe not the lifeguard chair, but like the ref chair at the halfway mark in the pool and Rachel takes the first solo and as she's dancing backward around the pool all of the guys are lined up and they jump into the pool in in sequence Kurt does a little does a little twee jump Blaine does a twirl he's like a girl <laughs> which is an AVPM reference um, okay and as as the end of the line gets to Artie who is in his chair, he just yeets himself into the pool. Yep. (laughs) Jesus, take the wheels. (laughs) But they have an actual synchronized swim team, the aqua lilies that help fill out the numbers as they do the routine. Oh, the ladies in Glee Club look adorable. The guys don't have cute swimsuits, but they do have like, like tank tops. They have the old timey swimsuits that are the full body swimsuits. So no, no titties for you. Yes. Yeah. They do some fun sequences and everything. Santana also gets lead. I think I mentioned that already, but if not, I'll mention it again. And when they get to the... Is it the last chorus, I think? Yeah. Yeah. They get to the last chorus, and then they all like have their arms out, and they do a big reveal to see Will in a white coat and tails and top hat walking on plexiglass on top of the water. He is risen! <laughs> I refuse to accept Will Schuster as my lord and savior. <laughs> <laughs> the false messiah, Will Schuster. See, the the funny, th- the, you say that, Tater, but the funny thing is in the behind the scenes for this episode, they just did an entire behind the scenes on this musical number and Jayma Mays was commentating on like the set and the performance and stuff. And she did a little interview segment with Matthew Morrison. And she said, are you here? You've been on Broadway. You're on Glee. Are you here today to announce that you are the Messiah? (laughs) Now you listen here. He's not the Messiah. He's a very naughty boy. Now go away. (laughs) Ah, God bless Monty Python. Mm, Maybe cut that part because I think half of them are turfs. God bless some parts of Monty Python. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. And 
Will walks on the plexiglass, but it doesn't go all the way, so he has to jump into the pool and then climb out of the pool in front of Emma, and he proposes, and as he gets down on one knee, he says a whole bunch of stuff that I didn't write down, because honestly, I didn't I, care. I did write it down <laughs> so we can judge him more accurately. Yeah, go for it. Um, he's like, I feel like I've had to stop myself from doing this from the moment I saw you. It's like you've always been here. Life is messy, and I know that's hard for you, but that's why you have me, to balance things out. But you do that for me too every day. Loving you and being loved by you makes everything better. I love you with everything I am and everything I hope to be. So Emma, will you do me the honor of becoming my wife? And here's what irks me about this, is that this is a good proposal speech, but it falls flat in the face of all the bullshit Will's done so far. In this episode, even. I mean, yeah, more specifically in this episode, because, okay, now that this is the conclusion of the Will and Emma subplot of the episode. They are now, she says, yes, they're engaged. Hooray! Here's how I would have done it so that Will didn't come off like a huge asshole, is I would have had both of them unsure if the other one wanted to get married. Because, yes, and we can keep the thing about Emma not being sure if Will is ready to commit to helping Emma, and mm-hmm. Will wondering if Emma sees him as the right kind of person to help complete her. So they're both kind of like, uh, I don't know if I'm good enough for the other one. And there's a lot of miscommunication and the, they go back and forth and no one is talking to each other until finally, like, in, instead of some bullshit about, like, inviting her parents and then second guessing himself, if you want the parents to be there, they can just show up unannounced and berate Will. Maybe that's how it starts and that's what makes Will second guessing, but he's not second guessing if Emma's good enough to be his wife. He's guessing if he is strong, is like, is good enough to be her husband. He doesn't think he's strong enough to give her the support that she needs. But then eventually Will figures out that she is waiting for a proposal and so he does the whole thing. And then we can get the speech and then it makes a lot more sense because Emma, who has spent the whole episode doubting Will's uh, commitment but not actually hearing from Will, I don't know if I'm ready for commitment, she's like, yay, he always loved me. Does Mm -hmm. this make sense? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it does. I like it. I like that more than what happened in the actual show. (laughs) Naturally. Yeah. (laughs) And... But what I did like about this was the fact that, you know, this whole Glee Club has come together and they're all they're all doing the synchronized swim team number and at the end when Will is up proposing to Emma on the side of the pool. They're all gathered, clustered at the side, looking up adoringly like the fish in the little mermaid <laughs> in Kiss the Girl. <laughs> and as they're there, like as Will pulls out the ring, I I noticed Sugar in the background, who just looked absolutely gobsmacked that Will was actually proposing. (laughs) (laughs) Look, maybe in the future that Sugar is from, she's just gotten so used to seeing Santana and Brittany re-propose to each other so often that she didn't know Will was doing it for real. (laughs) Maybe that's it. But yeah, Emma says yes. Yay. Yay. And now we go back to a romantic relationship that never got off the landing strip. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Because we then cut to Artie stealing himself to talk to Becky. And he says, I'm sorry, Becky. I, like, Friday night sex will not be happening because I like being your friend, but I don't want to date you. And Becky asks if it's because she's too intimidating. And he says yes. And she says, okay. And leaves. And we get another internal monologue from her because Becky knows that Artie says yes, or at least she thinks that he said no because she has downs which like she didn't say is it because i have downs because she knows what the answer would be which fucking sucks yeah and then in via internal monologue focus becky 
Don't let them see your tears. Yeah. And so she goes to Sue, who commiserates and empathizes with her because apparently, I guess, David Boreanaz wasn't calling her back. (laughs) (laughs) And so Sue says they're going to do three things. They're going to eat ice cream together. They're going to watch Lifetime and Beaches. And they're going to hold hands because they're together. They are supporting each other. And that part, I like. Yes. And here's the part that I don't like. <laughs> uh, yeah, so... Yeah. No no group number. No no singing. No. We cut to Finn and Rachel meeting up in the auditorium. And Finn has a picture of his dad. And Rachel says, oh, you look like him. You have the same... There's something about like the eyes and the mouth that's the same or something like that. But Finn says that he has something to tell Rachel. And he knows that she likes to talk, so she just, he asks that she hear him out, don't say anything until he's done talking. And he has a monologue about how he thinks of himself as a high school hero, life zero, and he's afraid that's what's going to happen for the rest of his life because of how his dad was. But Rachel is the best thing in his life, and my note here was, oh no, it's looking back. (laughs) (laughs) And he says, uh... Something like, you chose to let me love you, which, not a great way to frame that, Finn. (laughs) And he says, like, I got to use my brand new credit card on this. And he pulls out a ring and he proposes to Rachel. Now, okay, so, so, (laughs) let me tell you. Yeah, so we do not hear an answer from her. I need to tell you that I did not see this episode when the night it aired. I had to wait until the following night because I worked and then I had school. But in the morning, I checked Twitter, and I saw hashtag will you marry Glee trending. And I was like, oh, okay, it must be because Will and Emma proposed. Haha, <laughs> funny. <laughs> and so yeah. I was completely blindsided by this when I finally watched that show after school. Yeah. Lovingly? Supportingly? Break up. <laughs> I did like the part of the scene where Finn says he was going to set up a picnic, like, when they first got together. And Rachel says that she never understood why he ran out of the room when she said he could kiss her. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's funny because we all know that he was coming in a shorts. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's just like, God. Finn Hudson, I know you need something stable in your life, but Rachel is not it. <laughs> Finn Hudson, get therapy. Please. Men would rather propose to their terrible, terrible girlfriends, their loud, loud girlfriends, than getting therapy. <laughs> Yes. Oh, Finn. Finn, baby. Anyways, we don't have time to go to therapy, but we do have time to say uh, <laughs> what our gold star moments were. So what star, What song are you going to give a gold star to, Christina? Uh, the first time I ever saw your face in a landslide. Same. Well, no, landslide, we already went through that. Because <laughs> that's gout. So good. And then what's your gold star moment? I kind of want to just say blanket Sam Sadie's. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. What about you, Tanner? My best mo- my best moment is actually uh, when Artie gets or when Becky gets dumped by Artie because even though it's sad in the show, it is acted and filmed and narrated mm-hmm. and thus framed very well, and it's a yeah. good moment of filmmaking. Yeah, actually, I am sorry to Sam Sadie's, but I want to change my answer. <laughs> okay. I want to change it to the Finn intervention. That was also a really good acting moments for everyone involved. Yeah, yeah. Well, mostly for New Hampshire's own Mike O'Malley and Corey Monteith and Romy Rosemont. Yes, all three <laughs> Emma of them and Will were just kind of there. 
I'm actually I will say no, no offense to New Hampshire's own Michael Malley, but he didn't do a lot in that scene other than just like be comforting near Carol. It yeah. was really this was a Romy Rosemont scene, mm-hmm. which is good. We love to see it. Yes, we do. Now, <laughs> can you bear to pick a worst moment? Uh, yeah. Can I write it? <laughs> I'm gonna make my worst moment be uh the ableism, like the ableism slander against Becky Jackson. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It. I mean. That one's weird because it's like they get they do get called out for it, but I don't, I don't know if I can fully call that the worst because I understand so, not 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 the ableism obviously, but like the purpose of that was to show that even Artie is not above the things that he accused the new directions of, and he had to learn that like. Be- the audience had to learn that Becky is deserving of love and romance, mm-hmm. and Artie is at fault for not being the kind of person who can get over the Down syndrome. Mm-hmm. So I don't, like, I, I'm not going to say you can't call it a worst, but I just don't, of the many things that are wrong in this episode, I don't think that's the wor- one of the worsts for me. Yeah. What's your slushy going to be then? My slush. okay, so first I'm going to say, the, the, the comment Becky makes about Mike, bad, stupid, had no purpose. The comment that Sugar makes about Artie's disability, bad, stupid, had no purpose. But truly what takes the cake is the fact that Will was second-guessing getting together with Emma on the count of the fact that it ultimately means nothing. And in fact makes the uh, proposal yeah. seem lesser by the end because of it. Yeah. Yeah. I have a turtleneck on because I went to the Christmas market this morning and I'm just gonna bury my entire face in this turtleneck. Fucking don't even talk to Christina. She is in Sweater Town. <laughs> yeah it's just yeah so i'm just gonna say mine is just ableism <laughs> okay blanket ableism that works honestly yeah i feel like it could apply to half the episodes uh yeah. or at least the episodes are already as present they're usually doing something wrong <laughs> yeah i could say my worst is that finn thinks that his only solution that his only source of stability in his life is marrying rachel mary but that feels mean to Finn. <laughs> so. Oh, and also, I have some trivia. Are you going to tell me the trivia, or are you just going to, like, mock me Yeah, I, 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 felt, I felt a cough coming on. <laughs> okay. So, when they were doing Emmy nominations for this, for this season of Glee, uh, they did, like, I don't know why it hadn't occurred to me that this happened before, but, you know, in, in 2012, or 2013... They were doing Emmy consideration, like Emmy re- Emmy consideration mailers, like the ones like, hey, these are the things to watch for your consideration. I didn't realize that they would send those out as DVDs because I, f- I forgot that streaming wasn't always a thing. Oh. So the, the DVD insert for Glee's nominations for the Emmys this year was a, it was a pop-up card based on we found love so like there was there was like a like a piece of text and everything and there was will doing his jesus walk and not jesus walk his plexiglass walk (laughs) i will not refer to jesus in the same sentence as will schuster (laughs) but the card looked really cool so also technically this should have been damien's last episode (laughs) this is episode seven out of rory's time on the show but He's going to keep being here through the rest of season three because he was Ryan Murphy's little Mew Mew at this point. <laughs> and we still haven't seen Samuel, but soon. 
And also, apparently, when they were filming We Found Love, it was very cold in the pool. And there was a shot of just the entire cast, like, huddling together as a giant, like, as a giant group in the pool to stay warm. I feel like whenever anything films at a pool, they never have adequate heating. No, because they have to have all the lights. And so they think that the lights will help with the heating, but it does not. Mm -hmm. Also, I did just realize that, you know, we always say that uh, Artie's episodes are either about him being in a wheelchair or him getting laid. The Spanish should be both. Yeah. Because yeah. there is a part where he's like, me and Becky bonded over being fellow disabled kids. Yeah. Anyways, that that's it. Mm-hmm. Loser Like Me is a part of the Corner Podcast Network. We can be heard on your podcasting platform of choice, and if we aren't there, let us know and we will work on getting there. We can be found at Loser Like Me Pod on Twitter for as long as it continues to exist, and at LoserLikeMePod at gmail.com. We also have our own Discord server and Tumblr, both of which have links in the episode description. Next time... Next week we're going to sing a song about a rat! <laughs> Next week we're going to have a whole bunch of bangers. And a song about a rat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that'll be interesting. Certainly won't be boring. <laughs> yeah, this is, this is very true. But yeah, so until next time, three, two, one, and, and that's, that's what, what you, you missed, missed on, on the, the summer. summer Just go ahead and grab a chair and listen now. As we riff the show, Tanner and Christine are gonna figure out why we love the show. Better grab your golden stars and slushies, cause you're listening, you're listening to Loser Like Me. Loser Like Me. Loser Like Me. Tell me more. Tell me more. We went for the same harmonies. Uh, good? It's okay. Yeah, it's good. See. It'll be audio gold, I'm sure. <laughs>